Welcome back to today's episode of We Were Just Thinking. I'm Shaylin. And I'm Elena. And we're here to rant, be better, tell you what we're into, think, show gratitude, and send you off with a thought to ponder. Welcome to episode eight. Thanks for joining us or coming back if you've joined us before. Here we go. My rant is something I'm very passionate about. It's happened a ton this week. And I even see it while we're driving or when I'm in the checkout line or when I'm at a restaurant when I'm people watching <laughs> phone addicts, I think it's important to not be on your phone sometimes. I do not understand. And I'm not talking about if you get a text, you look at it. I'm not talking about if you get an email, you look at it, which I don't use email notifications because I don't work when I'm not at work, but that took several years to get to that point. So I know that that's not possible for everyone. However, there are very few of us in this world that have such an important job that we need to stop in the middle of dinner to check our email. And you're not doing that for 45 minutes. No, you're not. Which people will stare at their phone that long. Right. And if you get a text, if it's not important, then maybe don't respond until after dinner. Or if you're driving a car... <laughs> then maybe use hands-free. And not to say I never text, because sometimes I do, and that's shameful. Shame on me. But, like, you'll never drive past me, and I'll be staring at my phone instead of the road. <laughs> like, sometimes it's frightening. I look at people in the other lane, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that person's not even paying attention at all. Yeah. Or use voice text or something, you know, like, Oof. Anyway, that's a huge problem for me. I see parents on their phones all the time and their kids are just doing whatever. I see kids on the phone all the time and it's like they're babysitting them. The phone is their babysitter. But it's just important to be present sometimes. Like, And, and maybe it's because I've practiced and I know you've done this too. We've talked about this before. You know, I'm okay to be without my phone. And I know some people aren't. I see that as a luxury. But it's probably because I don't have any social media other than our Instagram that we share for the podcast, you know. But no one's sending me buzzes, you know. Like, they'll text me, of course, or my mom still calls me. But that's really the only phone call I have these days. But I don't ever feel like it's an emergency. Like, I might look. Oh yeah, but no, it's not an emergency that you're talking about. It's a, I think it's an actual addiction. I mean, yeah, the, I mean, it is. There's TED talks about it. I you find stare that. at your phone and then you literally open it right back up and do it again. Mm -hmm. And I think we talked about this last time, and I feel like it's worth mentioning again, even further, is when you, or even deeper, when you look at the usage on your phone, like there's those apps, you know, that we talked about yes. that tell you how much you've used it how many times or how many times you've unlocked it. I mean, that might make you throw up. So if you are one of those people that you know that you check your phone too much or you don't think that it's you that I'm talking about, maybe I'll challenge both parties. If you think it's not you or you know it's you, I highly encourage you to check out your apps whatever app store you use to get one of those apps that monitors what you're doing and just check it out. Even if you only use it for a week or two, just to check out what it is because Yeah, if you have wow. a budget for your finances, you need to budget your time. And yeah. Do I want to spend that much time on my phone? And Absolutely I don't have an not. app that tells me, you know, what I'm doing when or what, but 
on Google, I have a pixel. So when I go look at my usage, it tells me how many hours I've used my phone that day. And I think if it says that you've used your phone for two hours, that's 120 minutes that you've looked at your phone. And I think, okay, well at school, I never get to look at my phone. First of all, cause the internet never works. And second, I do check text messages and I'll respond to text messages sometimes, but that's like a minute here and there. You know what I mean? That's not the bulk of my time. So I think, oh my gosh, two hours since I've been home. Of my personal life. Of my personal time. I've been emailing, Googling, Instagramming. I mean, I don't even, like I said, I don't even have any other things on there or Amazoning. I'll just turn all of these into verbs. should see how much of it is texting me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. And and that's kind of like why I like to Marco Polo you, which we haven't done that in a lot lately. I know. But I love that because it's like, even though it's recorded messages back and forth, I like that it feels like a real conversation. Yeah, that's fine with me. I don't ever so, regret Marco Polo. No, I think that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. I challenge anyone to go check out what their usage is because it is astonishing. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it's helpful for you to know, like, you know, it's okay to have a dinner and put your phone down. Mm-hmm. It's okay for you to go to the grocery store and not text while the cashier is talking to you. Mm-hmm. It's okay for you to drive your car without being attached to technology. Mm-hmm. If you're a police officer, it's okay for you to not be typing on your computer, talking on your phone, and driving your car. Oh, I gosh, don't understand yeah. why it's okay for them to be so it's tapped not. into technology and no one else. It's because it's not safe. But, yeah, I, that's a huge problem for me. I feel like that really impedes our ability to be present. Because mm-hmm. you're always living in Yeah, and even if you are busy present, world. if everyone else is doing that, there's nothing to connect with, you know? It's It's... I've definitely been in settings where, you know, we could have been networking or meeting people and people are just like staring at their phone, which stinks. Especially like when I see two people on a date and I don't care if (laughs) if you're married a year, no go. if you've married 15 years or 50 years, well, I don't guess a lot of those people would be texting as much, but it's just strange to me because I'm thinking, what is the connection there? Yeah. Don't do that. Just that's, I feel like that's a... A hard no. Like, no. do not text on a date unless you're a doctor on call. <laughs> yeah. Like, just don't do it. That's a bad, bad, bad move. It's just not that important. It, it, nothing, I can't think of anything outside of an emergency that can't wait 45 minutes for dinner to be over. If you have kids and you have a babysitter and you're sure, trying to make yeah. sure safe, fine. But, but if you're one of those obsessive parents that's just freaking out because you have a babysitter, yes. then don't get the babysitter because what's the point of going to dinner if you're just going to be bugging the babysitter the whole time? Yes. And try to let go. Yeah. Enjoy it. Go out on your date. <laughs> okay, I want to go to my rant now. Yeah. Assumptions. Negative assumptions. People not trusting other people for no good reason and creating a very unpleasant culture that is not based on actual incidences. Stop projecting. Just stop it. I do not assume that those people are using their phones for positive reasons. <laughs> so that's a negative assumption on my part. Yeah, okay. But it's like what you were saying when you ask a question and somebody assumes you're being yeah. rebellious. 
don't assume that a stranger has negative intent and don't assume that your colleagues have negative intent. It's not just assuming positive intent. It's just not assuming negative intent. Right. There's a little bit of a neutral there. You don't have to assume that everybody's your BFF either, but don't think that people are like out to get you when they're not. That's, Which goes along with being present. It just be in the now yeah. and hear what's said right now. Yes. I think that's important. It's really important because it does change your culture. I think every group, which I know on the last episode we talked about crucial conversations too, but I feel like anytime that you're part of some sort of collaborative work environment, that this should be one of your norms. Yes. Like nobody wants to, to work assume. in an environment when people are distrusting you constantly. Like you want right. to be away from those people. You want to be away from those places. It, it repulses everybody. And it, it yeah, it repulses. It does not build community at all. And I don't want to work with those people ever. So I can definitely attest to it being repulsive. Yep. That was my rant. <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge deal, though. I feel like that happens in intimate relationships. I feel like it happens with coworkers. I feel like it happens with family. I feel, you know, like you have to take every um, interaction as a new one, kind of, you know? Because yep. it's also hard when you go to a new work environment, like maybe some... You know, one person will tell you about so-and-so who's always blah, blah, blah. You know, and then you kind of get that funk in your head. And then that person comes to talk to you. And it's almost like you can't help it. You're like, oh, in your mind, you're thinking, well, I know how this is going to go. Because so-and-so told me that you are the way you are kind of yeah. thing, you know. And it, it really is toxic. It, it changes your mind, you know. And that's kind of why I keep to myself a lot. Because it's not that I don't want to be part of what's going on. But I feel like I don't need any negative ideas. I'm already pretty realist myself. <laughs> that I don't I don't want to know what other people think. And I'm the same way with my kids each year. I don't want the teacher before to tell me all the bad things about those kids. Like I don't go ask, you know, hey, what about so and so? I had his brother last year. Is she any different or is he any different kind of thing? Because I feel like every year is a fresh start. Like, I want to see what they're like in my class with my structure and my flow of things, you well, know? my personality, too. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, if I notice right off the bat, whoa, what's wrong here? Then I might go inquire. Or if I have someone with special needs, you know, those things are obviously acceptable. But I don't like to plant seeds of doubt in my own brain before because I think that that impedes that assumption piece for me, too. Yeah. That makes total sense. I like that a lot. So... And the other seed of doubt <laughs> is about working out. <laughs> so obviously it's pouring rain right now. But um, I think it's a great time to just encourage everyone. This is the do it better idea that I have is, um, you know, it's that time of year where, well, if you have allergies, you should probably not do this. But <laughs> it's that time of year where the sun's out more. It's hot, but it's not as crazy it's gonna, as it's going to get. And you see people running, and you see people at parks, you see people playing tennis, you see a lot more outdoor activity, especially if you live in an area like we do, people are hiking and, you know, biking and things Beautiful. are just alive, yes. you know, I feel like the spring is when everything comes alive, which is weird because I love the fall here too, but um, yeah, if you're not a gym person, or maybe you found it hard to stick with your gym routine, um, then maybe pause your membership if that's an option or get rid of it temporarily, whatever options you have, and take it outside. I think, you know, walking your dog or jogging or even just going outside to do your workout that you do at home, 
I think it's a great time of year to do that and it gives you some fresh air and it kind of helps you change your perspective. Mm-hmm. I think about that when I park, like, it's like everybody's goal is always to park as close as possible, but you <laughs> can <me>. park, <laughs> you can park and think about, last one in, first one out. <laughs> <laughs> think about where you're going to be walking. So I've started to park based on where I get to walk when I get out especially particularly in downtown Asheville yeah um <laughs> that's great it's, yeah I just uber <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to downtown Asheville and you have to park I try to think about where I will be walking by and back and forth and enjoying the walk instead of just like oh my god I had to park so far away right that's a or even at like at bigger stores like Target or somewhere that has a plaza like that like parking to where I like the trajectory I don't trust people with shopping carts, so I like to park far away because when I'm ready to leave, I don't want to have to wait on, you know, 15 people pulling out or 14 people walking by with their carts. I want to just get out there, get in my car, and go. (laughs) That's why I park at the end. But you're right. It is a good exercise benefit that Mm -hmm. I hadn't thought about. Um, But yeah, I like to do that in general. Yeah. And I have heard to park far away on purpose for an exercise benefit, but just to see it as a positive thing to have a chance to walk to the store. Like, see that as a movement opportunity instead of another impediment to convenience. Um, So my do it better this episode is go help someone. Uh, I've been pushing through lately to be there for people, and it comes back and has just been a really positive thing. It's it's like there's a couple of times where I really didn't feel like it, and then I did it, and it turned out to be really enjoyable, and it was mutually beneficial, and... I just highly recommend putting that back on your radar if it's not. Now, if you're already one of those people that's, like, killing yourself for everybody else, don't listen to this, but... Yeah, do the opposite. Yeah, if Listen you... to what we said last time of say no to things yeah. <laughs> so you can say yes to what you yeah. really want to do. But if you're, um, you know, if you've gotten any selfish habits, which sometimes I do. I mean, I'm single. Yeah. I don't have kids. I'd like to do what I want to do. Uh, <laughs> so there's a couple of times lately where I pushed through to help, and it was really positive and good. Well, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, too. Like, if you can help people, then be helpful. And we talked a lot about that, and that is a huge deal of just being a kind person. Yes. You know? Pushing yourself to help when you don't feel like it. Not in a way that's harmful to you. Sure. But mutually beneficial. Like, keep an eye out for that kind of... I think I spent so much time trying to protect myself from harm of helping others in a harmful way that I forgot to look for ways to be helpful in a kind way. And I have done that recently, and it was just really, it's the kind of help that you're glad you did. Yeah. You know? And it's important that you do that, too, because when you help because you want to, people can't take advantage of you. And I feel like there are a lot of those personalities, like you mentioned, that are just so giving, and it comes eventually at their own expense. And I don't think that that's what a giving heart, if you will, is about. Agreed. You should give. That is what the expectation is. And I think that that's how you're a good human in society. But at the same time, I think that if you're constantly helping people beyond your means, um, whether you're giving friends money because they're never, you know, able to pay their bills. Um, and if you can afford that and you are wealthy and, you know, you are comfortable doing that with your money, then that's great. 
But if you're giving money to friends because they can't pay their bills and then you're tight for the rest of the month financially, then that's not a good setup for you, you know? Or if you're spending time with a friend who maybe is going through a hard emotional time and it kind of goes on for a long time and you don't feel like your emotional needs are being met in that friendship, then you got to switch gears kind of mm -hmm. thing, you know, like, and, and that happens in like mother, daughter, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, father, son, Friends. daughter, son, every yeah. relationship on the planet that, you know, people can take advantage of you if you're not careful. And, and it's not to be skeptical of helping people. Like, I don't think that you have to go in with the mindset they might be taking advantage of me, but just to be mindful that, you know the people in you your life a who are responsibility to set your own boundaries. Yeah, they might yeah. not mean to. You know, right. they might be doing it because you make it so comfortable for them. I'm definitely guilty of making it just seem so perfectly fine that it almost invites that when that really wasn't the person's intent. So yeah. if you don't take care of yourself, they don't know to stop. Like, but there are those people in your life also that take advantage of you on purpose. That's true. And they're your friends because they know exactly how to take advantage of you. And that often comes with guilt trips. And if you have someone in like in your life like that, I highly recommend that you listen to the art of charms podcast on toxic people and toxic relationships. Um, that is a huge eye opener, probably already stuff, you know, but hearing it again is just like, Oh yeah, that person might be toxic, you know, or, I might be toxic for that person too. And someone who's constantly taking advantage of you or only being friends with you or dating you or marrying you or whatever because you have something to offer them is the same thing in my opinion. Like they're taking advantage of Absolutely. You know, a, a generous offering that you have for them. And while again, I feel like it's great to give to charity, I feel like it's great to share with your friends. And that's the point of friendship too is helping people when they're in a slump that it can't, you can't do it and put yourself in the slump that they were in. You can't save other people and then compromise yourself or your own safety, um, whether it be financially, physically, emotionally, whatever. I think you have to be very cognizant of your choices when you are dealing with those types of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it can take over. Absolutely. I say that because I, I need to hear that. Gearing, giving mother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she is so much better now. But she does, like, she'll give, 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 and then, like, it puts her in a pinch in some way, you know? And she's so much better about that now. But it's truly because she has such a kind heart. But I must have more of my dad in me because <laughs> I'm very kind, I think. But I, I don't put myself in a pinch, typically. <laughs> I try to be mindful about how it's going to impact me as well. Yeah. I definitely... I go back and forth, I think. Well, that's good. Yeah. So something I'm into this week mm -hmm. episode is my betta fish, Giovanni. So He's right beside us uh, right now. And she I've... just told him he was being a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> so taking care of them is really good for my mental health. Um, sometimes feeding him helps me get going to do self-care too. Like if, because I have to be on enough to take care of a fish. I know that sounds pitiful, but when you deal with depression sometimes, um, even basic things can be really difficult and I feel enough of a responsibility for a fish, you know, <laughs> to not like completely zonk out when I get like that. So it helps me sort of get going to also, you know, groom myself or whatever I need to do when I'm 
experiencing depression symptoms. So he's been a really positive thing for me um, in those kind of darker times. And then also uh, my students drew pictures of him and I put one by his tank. <laughs> And I told them, I was like, he can see it. And so <laughs> whenever I look at him and see the picture, and it just gives me warm fuzzies. It's just a really positive thing for me. And I maybe, okay, I sing and talk to him pretty often, and it cheers me up. So that's what I'm into right now. <laughs> Talking to your fish. Yeah. I think that picture is cool. I wonder what he thinks when he sees the picture. <laughs> He'll probably never tell us, but. He's like, it's not edible. I don't care. Right. <laughs> He is very pretty. Mm-hmm. He's a good boy. <laughs> if I pet him, he'll get real mad at me. If you pet him? Yeah, I pet him sometimes. She pets her fish. I'm going to put my dirty fingers in your habitat. <laughs> I, put, I put my ping pong ball with him, too. Mess up your ecosystem with my germs. You're teasing him. He thinks that you're giving him food, and that's why no, he doesn't like it. We play we play ping pong sometimes. Okay. He knows there's no well, food. I'm into this Netflix show called Dead to Me, and it is Christina Applegate and someone else. I'm sorry. She's oh, really I see good. her face. I know. She was on Bloodline. I don't know about that. Anyway, I so I was reluctant. I was like, man, this is dark. I don't know if I'm going to be into this. I, again, I was vegging. I was like, I want something easy, and this seemed heavy um, once I started watching it, and I don't want to give it away because I know it's a fairly new show, so people may not have had a chance. But ultimately, Christina Applegate's husband was killed, and she forms a friendship with this lady at a grieving group. And um, it kind of unfolds in very interesting ways. Um, and it was addicting. I watched episode after episode after episode over, like, four days and finished it. So <laughs> um, I highly recommend you check it out. And now I'm sad it's over because that's what happens is I find something I like and then I binge watch it for a week or two and then I'm sad because it's over. So I'll have to find something else now. But it was really good. Mm, I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. It's really good. I'm glad to have a new thing. I haven't seen Christina Applegate in something in a while. So it was kind of cool to I like her. see her. Yeah, she's a great character. She's really funny. But it is dark. and it's, it's dark and heavy, but it's also light and very humorous at times too. So it's a good balance. Awesome. Um, and speaking of that, what made me be super calm and start looking on Netflix for something to watch was I had just gotten out of a bath and I bought some of those bath salts at the, um, herbery here in Asheville. Um, oh, I, love I know. And they have dried flowers in them and they are just the most naturally scented, smelly, beautiful bath salts. Um, but it's just amazing how when you take a bath, like a good soak, and I don't mean where you're multitasking, like you're not on your phone emailing while you're laying in the bathtub. <laughs> you're like literally fill up the tub and prepare yourself for a bath. And that may sound really dramatic and strange to people who don't like bathe, you know, or not bathe, hopefully we all bathe, but not everybody's down with baths. And I'm one of those people. I always shower after I bath because I don't, or bathe, because I don't feel like I get clean in like a bath, you know, because you're ultimately just sitting in all of your gross, <laughs> but in my opinion, but I <clears throat> do my dry brushing, brush my hair really well, take up all, all my makeup that I might have on and I'm filling up the bathtub and I sprinkle in the salts first and then I drop my essential oils in. And if you have dried flowers or you're going to use a scrub or something, I get all that ready. And then once the, 
you know, tubs filled up. I'm doing that tonight. You are <laughs> sold me. <laughs> I close the door and like keep the heat in because there's nothing worse than like being in the tub and then getting cold. And then I'm like, okay, this tub is this bath is over. Um, and then, like I said, I'll soak and and literally just close your eyes, not to the point where you fall under and drown, but close your eyes and. <laughs> relax you know kind of this isn't some sort of weirdness going on that show (laughs) but you know just close your eyes relax Mm -hmm. you can play some spa music if maybe that'll help you get your zen on or whatever but um it's just amazing how nice that feels and then when I'm done and you kind of know when you're done you kind of start getting bored and you're like okay the water's getting cold I'm kind of over it drain the water and then that's when I shower off like I wash my hair and then bathe Um, I'll exfoliate with like my scrub that I like or my scrubber that I like. Um, and I feel like that's just that final cleansing ritual, if you will, to finish up the peaceful experience. Yeah. The other night I did like a thorough shower, so to speak. Yeah. (laughs) I felt really gross, you know, it was like hot that day. Oh yeah. So, and I was like past you on shaving and... (laughs) So I, like, just took my time in the shower and did not worry about how long I took. And I, like, shaved and scrubbed everything perfectly and got the new razor out and did all my exfoliant everywhere and, like, tried my new fancy shampoo and conditioner sample. And then I did a bunch of lotion afterwards and did my eyebrows and nails. And I just felt so good. And, like, even just those basic grooming things, like... I had so much fun and I was like in such a great mood afterwards. And then like I slept well after that because I was, you know, I had my ducks in a row, so to speak. And so I highly recommend, you know, taking care of yourself like that. Well, and I think it's good that you mentioned like you didn't worry about how much time you were. This is not something that I recommend doing if you're on a time crunch. Like this isn't a before work kind of thing. Yeah. Like this is something that you don't have any plans this evening so you can have a glass of wine or you Mm -hmm. can listen to music and totally get relaxed. You don't have to worry about plans or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And that really is the relaxation piece, I think, is knowing that you don't have a time frame. Mm -hmm. And then you know, doing it all. And it's amazing when you take care of all your stuff. And I know, I don't know, I guess men have some stuff to take the same types of stuff to take care of. Some men probably groom better than some women. I don't know, but they do. Yeah. And I think that this could be really relaxing for either sex and it doesn't really matter if you, you know, if it's like a ritual that you want to do all the time. But whenever I do that, and like you said, like I really take care of everything it really buys you a lot of time before you have to do it again. It seems like, like I feel like my pores are really open when I shave my legs and stuff. So I don't have to do it as frequently, which I never really care about that anyway. Um, the only reason I started to care that day was because (laughs) multiple times during the day, uh, my hair felt like a spider on my leg. And I was like, okay, I think we're past you now. <laughs> yeah. So I have pretty fine hair on my legs anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. But yeah. I do not. <laughs> I just think like that, like, you know, if you put that time into yourself, mm-hmm. then you kind of get a break for the next few days and you don't have to do that again. Mm-hmm. And some people have the blessing of not having to wash their hair every day. And granted, I love dry shampoo, so that helps a little bit. But I... I think it looks good right now. Going out to recess and stuff just makes your hair crazy. Um, This heat's hard to, you know, it makes my face feel gross so that I don't wash my hair, even though my hair's not really dirty, but my face is. So those types of things. Like some of you that can get away with only washing your hair every so often, like this is a great plan. If you 
you know, bathed in a good relaxing bath, you might be able to get away with it every few days, you know? Yeah. But it, it, it really will totally change your life. Yeah. It's <laughs> awesome. If, if not your life, then definitely your day. Yeah, that's for it's sure. definitely going to put you in a and positive mood. And I recommend mood. like if you can do it during the week, uh, to kind of like be ready for your weekend. I feel like we always think in terms of getting ready for the work week and yeah. then like our weekends are like not for us at all. You're like right. rushing around. So I try to do it like on a like a Thursday or a Wednesday so that like right. for the weekend I like You're was duty ready free. To go. <laughs> yeah. It's kinda like cleaning your house. You don't you shouldn't do that on the weekend. You should like piece it through with things on through the weeknight and that way the weekend's totally free to do whatever you want. And so you can enjoy your clean house. Right. When you're at home at night. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think the bathtub's like that too. I think that those soaks are really good during the week because that's most likely your most stressful time also. Mm -hmm. So if you go ahead and, you know, do that a couple of times a week, which granted, I know, let's go ahead and put this disclaimer in there. I know a lot of moms (laughs) are not able to just soak in the tub. (laughs) Like we're talking about dream world for you, but put your kids to bed early or, you know, try switching off duty so you can on the night that your husband or your wife or whatever puts your kid to bed, then that's your bathtub night kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and it is possible. People do do it. So You don't have to use all of your spare time on laundry. No. It can wait. Yes. A bath is more important. Taking care of yourself on occasion. Yeah. Regularly, actually. Yeah. It's Just pr- it's do important. it. You'll be a better parent. You'll be a better parent. You'll be a better spouse. You'll be a better human. Um, so I think that that's true. I think doing all of those things is so important and it's so much cheaper to do it at home than it is to go to a spa. Although I'm not going to lie. I go to the spa every month and it's like my indulgence, but again, I don't have kids or anything so I can spend my money how I want, but there is something to be said for a spa experience. But if you can't do that, then definitely do it at home. Yeah. Make your spouse rub your back, make your boyfriend or girlfriend or your roommate (laughs) rub your back. Like, you know, I think we could do, do, we could do that. I don't really I don't know how love, you rub your back yourself. Well, but. not your back, but I do my feet <laughs> and my hands. Yeah, but I don't love, like, I like a massage. I love the whole spa thing, but I don't, I'm really sort of weird about who I feel comfortable with massaging me. It takes me a long time and it's expensive to find somebody and da da Yeah. So, I, part of what I did the other night was, like, scrubbing my own feet really well. Yeah. And, like, I have a doing my lotion really well. Oh my gosh, it was like... I love my feet, you know, <laughs> like it was just so good. Well, and that's true. It is hard. We, we kind of talked about this with finding a counselor too. Yeah. A masseuse is hard and, and you could just be, if you're comfortable with anybody anytime, then you could just go in and get a massage whenever you want to, you know, but with me, like I go every month and I have the same guy every single time and he knows exactly what I want and where I want it. And <laughs> this just got weird, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, He's awesome, too. Yeah. I like a deep tissue massage. He knows all the points that I want to have pressure and stuff like that. So it's it's just a good relationship that you can build if you do see someone regularly. I'm sure that's know. better for them, too, to like have some kind of probably predictable routine in their income. But I guess money's money. <laughs> but, yeah, he'll and if I miss, it's, it's kind of nice because he'll be like, oh, I thought you were coming in last week. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I thought I was, too. But, you know. And it's kind of disappointment, but I still stand by that if you can't do that or you don't have time to do that or whatever, then do it when you can, but do what you can at home to hold yeah. you over because it, it really does change your mental state 
and it also helps you feel refreshed, yes. which I think gives me a more positive perspective on all the other things that we talked Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Yes, which is why, like, at the end of a school day, when you're, like, tired and dirty, you're like, <laughs> but, like, once you're clean yeah. and rested and your belly's full, you're like, okay, right. I can do it's, this. It's like you're a baby. Yeah. It's like, those are all basic needs that need to be met in human life. You still have so. to do that for yourself. Like, I feel like yeah. caretaking professions or parents, you know, struggle with, like, keeping that a yeah. priority because you're responsible for having it done for somebody else, but you still have to do it for you, too. Yeah. Like, you gotta eat and sleep and drink water and... <laughs> Right. And that's important because if you're, and and that's something I hear a lot on other podcasts and blogs I read and stuff is, you know, parents often spend so much time on their kids that they neglect their marriage or neglect themselves. And then they have, you know, health issues or they have relationship issues, which are normal, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you kind of, all your priorities kind of get out of whack. And so it kind of seems selfish to take care of yourself. I know for a lot of moms, especially, but if you're not taking care of yourself, then how are you going to take care of everyone else? Exactly. And and I've struggled with that as a teacher. It's easy oh, to yeah. want to like sacrifice myself for students, but that's not you're you're not really doing that. Like, right. Once you sacrifice yourself, you're not helpful to them anymore. Right. Or in in some cases, you mentally be or physically to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So taking care of yourself is. Uh, necessary it's like putting the oxygen on yourself before you help somebody else it's that right it's that plane (laughs) if if the flight gets turbulent you know take care of yourself so you can help others yeah if you're not well you can't help people yeah so that's what stay well that's what I want you to know today I want you to draw yourself a bath and I want you to put whatever you have in there epsom salts essential oils whatever you want Um, dried flowers from your garden or fresh flowers if that floats your boat or whatever you want. I think that that adds a little oomph to it. For sure. You could light a candle or light an incense or, you know, open the window for a fresh breeze, play some spa music, whatever it is that floats your boat. I'm sold. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, just give it a whirl. And it might be weird the first time because it's not, you know, common practice for a lot of people, but it is so relaxing. It's really nice. I think I've talked to myself into it as well. So. <laughs> All right. My uh, send-off this week is that I'm just grateful for the people taking the time to listen to us. Yeah. Um, and specifically people who've reached out to compliment or encourage us. It's been really affirming, so thank you. Um, yeah. I needed to thank hear you. it, and I appreciate it. And thanks for your ongoing support. This is episode eight, and again, it's been so fun, and we're still kind of just getting started. I know we say that every time, but... Um, It does get better and better, and we are glad that you're sticking with us. And just remember to follow us on Instagram or um, subscribe and favorite on the platform that you listen to us on, and you'll be notified whenever we upload a brand new episode every other Sunday. And remember to be authentically you without without apology. apology. Thanks.